Our very existence depends on this. Black strength. Strength that has carried us for decades, but is undermining an important aspect of our humanity, feeding in on itself. Being strong all the time took away our ability to speak about our weaknesses, our sadness, our mental illnesses. This silence is killing us. Welcome to another edition of the Black Doctor Speak podcast. Black Doctor Speak is your source for vetted, accurate information on African American health from some of the nation's top doctors and is sponsored by the African American Wellness Project. Welcome to the African American Wellness Watch. I'm your moderator, George Strait. This is a special edition of the Wellness Watch because we're going to get very personal about prostate cancer. Cancer can be a devastating diagnosis and its treatment can also be very, very difficult. So instead of just dealing with the statistics and the platitudes, we're going to have a conversation with two black men who've gone through all of this. They have had prostate cancer. Their stories should light the way for all of us. The first is the host of the Wellness Watch, Dr. Mike Lenore, who is also a prostate cancer patient. And Mr. Michael LeBlanc, who has also fought this disease and is winning. Welcome to you both. First, Dr. Lenore and Mr. LeBlanc, what went through your minds when you first got the diagnosis that you had prostate cancer? Well, let me start. Um, my first response was, oh, yes, I'm going to die. I haven't done all the things I needed to do. I didn't get my screenings when I should have. I waited a few more months. I didn't uh, use the information I had to make a better decision. And now here I am kind of a woe is me kind of thing. And uh, I didn't know anything about it. My diagnosis was made really uh, in an unusual fashion for many men. It was not on the basis of my PSA. It was on the digital record exam by my regular doctor. I had pranced in there so happy because I waited to get my physical until I felt completely well. And I thought I'd been exercising, uh, everything was going well. So I really didn't expect to have any bad news. That's the way I had structured things. Uh, we went through the physical, we went through the discussion, the PSA, and he asked me if he thought I thought I should have a digital rectal exam. But he's right there with the glove on. So I really didn't have much opportunity to turn it down. And when he uh, finished the exam, I could tell by the look on his face that he was not quite comfortable with what he found. And when he told me he thought he found uh, something that needed to be investigated, I, come, I went to DEFCON 6. Uh, and I said, well, I should have done better. And I waited. I, this was before I had any information. Well, in, in my case, um, it's, it's surprising, Mike, that it's so similar. Um, when when I first got the uh, diagnosis, um, I, I thought that, well, let me get this out of me. Um, in fact, it wasn't it wasn't conclusive evidence. My PSA wasn't that high, but uh, the doctor did notice that uh, I had some issues, and I had had prostate issues, uh, you know, enlarged prostate uh, before, and. I, I made the assumption that um, at some point in my life that I would get it. So um, because so many men have gotten it and have uh, survived, um, I immediately went to, uh, let's take this out, uh, even before I had a positive um, diagnosis. And so for me, um, I, 
I immediately went to what can I do to prolong my life? And um, it, it, it was a bit frightening, but um, I, I, I just thought about what, what could be done uh, and when could it be done immediately. What were the conversations with your wives? You're both married. What were the conversations with your wives like? Um, that was that was difficult because um, I did not want to share everything. I did not want to be in a vulnerable position, but uh, I did share with my wife that I had a diagnosis that it seemed as though it it was prostate cancer, and that. Um, uh, I, I shared what the actions items uh, were suggested by the doctor. And um, then um, I just had the tough conversation. And, but I, I kept up a pretty strong, uh, what I would say, um, I'm not, it's not a facade, but I, I was really clear that uh, I wanted to get the answer uh, taken care of as soon as I could. Well my, wife, well, my wife always says that I delay and delay and delay. I tried to explain to her that this was the most appropriate step that I could take at a particular point in my physical evaluation career. Uh, and so she wanted to know she had said like, just like uh, uh, some of my friends, she said, what you going to do? And I said, well, I'm going to go get uh, this, I'm going to do, do that. He said, look, we're not going to delay this. You know how you are. You'll wait until two or three months and get another test, uh, and you will delay. And she said, we're not delaying this. And so she decided, she called my doctor, found out what the situation was, and asked him what the action steps should be. So once it was in her, was in her hands, I really had no choice. I tried to delay a little bit. I didn't want to get the next BSA. I didn't want to go get the biopsy. I didn't want to do any of that. But she made life so uncomfortable that I had no choice but to follow through. And I, I would say um, that that's interesting because um, my wife decided um, unilaterally, I'm going with you to every uh, doctor's appointment from here until you take care of this. So when I had to go get the biopsy, she was right there. And it's funny in terms of what Dr. Lenore said is that um, it's so similar. My wife just kind of took over as well. So let's, let's uh, since both of your, your prostate cancer is a little bit different, let's talk about the treatment regimen uh, for both of you. Uh, uh, Dr. Lenore, uh, what, was, what was the treatment regimen for you? What was, what was that treatment journey like? Well, I think before we talk about the treatment, let's talk about the process for treatment. Obviously, when I had the PSA uh, and I had and I got uh, a, a more specific PSA, which uh, certainly um, uh, verified that I did have uh, at least an increased PSA, and so uh, certainly I and then I then I talked to my doctor. Uh, I decided that what I would do uh, was to talk to Mac Roach, who is the world's expert in the treatment evaluation and treatment of prostate cancer in black men. Uh, so when I talked to him, he came over to the house and we sat down and we laid out a plan. The plan was for me to get a biopsy. But this time I didn't have to get that punch biopsy because now the MRI is, uh, is the gold standard. 
And so consequently, uh, going through the whole process was interesting. Uh, at one point in the process, when I went to get the biopsy or to get the gold, uh, they put in these little gold beads so you can outline uh, the area where the MRI should look. Uh, and I got on the table, and as I was on the table, a woman came down from upstairs and said, you know, we can't do this today. And I'm, I'm undressed in my gown, and she tells me we can't do this today because we haven't verified all the insurance information. Now, this is at one of the major universities in this town. I'm in a gown, so now I, had to, I say, you must be kidding me. I mean, so I got up, had to get dressed and reappoint until they had worked out these administrative things. Of course, you know, George, it's not like me to let that go. I wrote one, a beautiful letter to, to the chief of urology at UCSF. And in essence, I described the situation. I said, I have been the chair of the clinical faculty at UCSF. And this is what happens to me, what happens to the average person. And I said, and I ended with said, I hope this is not a racist thing. And so consequently, you know what happened then. Everybody from the chancellor to the chief of urology started calling me. And obviously, I got my stuff together. And then I went to Mac Roach with the information I had. And he decided what I needed was just four cyber knife treatments. Uh, and that's what I got. So I lay there before him. I laid on the table with the cyber knife going back and forth, listening to the temptations, the four tops, uh, and, the, uh, and the OJs. Uh, and so consequently, after four visits, my treatment was through. Subsequently, I've had no problem. And, and Michael LeBlanc, what was your treatment during uh, Let's see. Um, I wound up having a biopsy. Um, and I can't remember the number of modules that they took, but uh, I had enough of positive um, activity that it, it confirmed that I, in fact, did have uh, prostate cancer and an aggressive form. And I made the decision to, I, I didn't even research um, like, like Dr. Lenore did about the cyber knife, cyber knife or seeds. I had in my mind, I want this out of me. So um, I went through a procedure of a radical prostatectomy and um, I, I received that. And then after, after you go through the prostatectomy, they do test you again in about uh, a month or two and um, I still had um, uh, I still I still had cancer in my body, and so uh, from that uh, I took radiation, uh, and uh, as of right now, um, it, it, it's come back, and uh, but it's under control. I'm taking uh, what's called abiaterone acetate, um, which is um, it, it, it suppresses the growth of testosterone, which feeds the cancer. And so um, I'm doing well now. Looks like you lost a couple of pounds, too. Uh, I have. <laughs> but it's not because of the prostate cancer. Michael, was your physician African-American or, or, or not? No, it was no. An, Asian, an Asian doctor. Mm -hmm. And, and, and Dr. Lenore, did you have an African-American uh, physician? All my physicians are African-American. And my primary care doctor, any specialist that is African-American. Uh, I went to uh, my urologist was African-American. Uh, and my uh, radiation oncologist was African-American. I think it would be hypocritical of me to um, be 
part of an African-American medical community, which I consider one of the best in the world uh, because of the difficult patients we have to treat uh, and to not choose out uh, an African-American who has many uh, treatments of any type that I get. But, it, but it's, not always, it's, not always, it's not always possible. And, no. uh, and but uh, I, I wonder from both of your perspectives, how important you think it is to, uh, to go to an African-American uh, specialist if indeed you can find one. Uh, I, I think um, just like, like uh, Dr. Lenore, I think it is super important. And um, my primary care physician, uh, my cardiologist are all African-American. And I wish I had known uh, about uh, UCF, UCSF uh, and, and Max Roche, because that's where I would have gone. But I, I did, uh, my research said that Stanford was good. So uh, I went to Stanford. And, uh, uh, Dr. Lenore, I know that, that you, you've actually lectured on, 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 on a, lot of, a lot of these issues about the importance of going to an African-American uh, physician, whether it's primary care or, or specialist. Uh, at the beginning of the program, I said that we weren't going to deal that much in, in the statistics, but the statistics about African-American uh, uh, males and prostate cancer is really quite stark, isn't it, Dr. Lenore? Oh, there, yeah, there's no question. Well, what makes it such a difficult situation? from my perspective, is that if the VA has done a lot of studies to demonstrate that if you're African-American and you're Caucasian, and from your evaluations, uh, your pre-screenings, um, uh, you get the right test, you get the right biopsies, you get the right treatment. African-Americans actually do better uh, in those studies than white Americans. So for me, the perspective is that one, a lot of the problems happen for African-Americans once they enter the system. My feeling is that as an African-American physician, I'm more comfortable with someone who understands me, understands my culture, where I can be comfortable and not have to really um, uh, you know, say, hold back on what I'm feeling and what my concerns are. When I enter the system uh, in a non-African-American situation, and many of them are fine physicians, who helped me through the years, through a number of problems. I'm a little bit more formal, a little less open, a little less engaging. And so consequently, I think that uh, from my perspective, having an African-American physician who understands my culture, my concerns has been really important for me. Uh, but I have had physicians of all types who've given me good care uh, and, um, and I'm, I'm comfortable. So I'd like to sort of get to the bottom line here and have both of you comment on this. What part of your story uh, from, from diagnosis to process to treatment, what part of your story do you think is most helpful to men? And frankly, uh, if, 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 there, if there are women as part of, a part of their lives, uh, what part of your story do you think is most helpful uh, to uh, men who have or might get prostate cancer? Uh, Michael LeBlanc? Um, I, I'm, I'm real clear now, um, based on what I did, that um, I would have done uh, more research, but I'd, I'd back up a little bit. Um, I missed one about a year to 15 months of uh, having a regular prostate uh, checkup. And I actually do believe if I had done it uh, in a timely manner, that um, my surgery would have been more successful than it was in terms of 
getting everything out of me. Mm -hmm. But the other thing is that um, since I've had the surgery and talked to a number of other black men, um, and all of which have gone to a African-American um, uh, urologist, and their, their um, looking at all the alternatives is something that um, I really would have done. I don't know if it would have changed my mind, but mm -hmm. uh, I was adamant about getting it out of my body. And I didn't really uh, do the type of research that would be warranted for something as serious as this. And uh, I, I should have also talked to other black men around what they've done, but I tried to keep it quiet and didn't want anybody to know that I was going through it. And Dr. So, and Dr. Lenore, what, what, what part of your story do you think is uh, from, from the beginning to, to, to the treatment is, is most helpful? You know, I think my story suggests a dichotomy in how you approach the problem. I'm a doctor, so I, obviously I have more information than the average individual. In the last week, I've talked to at least two men. I'm not going to summarize their stories, but one man felt that after he got radiation, the radiation was still in his body to the point where he had to retire because he knew that that radiation was still in his body. He probably would glow at night, uh, and he would infect other people he would be radioactive so that being around his family uh, would pose him some, some danger. Now, this is 2023. Uh, another one of those men was able to uh, opt for surgery without any, any research. So uh, my situation is this. I'm a doctor. So I did everything I was supposed to do to get the information I need, to get the people that I needed, to get the treatment that I needed. Now, everybody's not able not everybody doesn't do that. Everybody's able to do that. If you get a diagnosis of prostate cancer, you drop it over to your doctor. You ask your doctor for the best specialist that he knows with experience you deal with prostate cancer. You talk to that doctor. You get the options that you have for treatment for the kind of cancer that you have. So my situation represents the absolute perfect scenario. Diagnosed with the right test with a digital rectal, which is no longer recommended, got a biopsy through the MRI, oh, talked to my doctor about what options are, selected those options, took the treatments based upon that selection process, and then have been constantly, um, you know, reevaluated. And my prostate, my PSA is less than 0 0.1. So that, that's every, that, that process, uh, George, is available to every man, black man. And that's the process they should engage. I'm lucky because as a doctor, I had that information and those options. So folks, so folks should record this and, 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 and write it down. This is the, the, these are the things to do, right? Absolutely. You, you must, once you get the evaluation that says you might have prostate cancer, you then pursue the tests that tell you whether or not that's serious. Then you talk to your doctor about getting a specialist, black or white, who has tremendous experience in dealing with prostate cancer. Not your cousin, not your brother, not your wife's best friend, none of that. You get the best person that you know in that community dealing with prostate cancer. You then talk to that person. You then get a biopsy, not that punch biopsy, that painful old punch biopsy, but the MRI, which tells you where the cancer is and how difficult it is for you. 
You then talk over that with the specialist and you ask that specialist, what are my options? There are three basic options, watchful waiting, radiation, or surgery. And you describe which he should be able to describe for you, which one of those options are important and relevant for your particular cancer. You then go through that process and make sure you monitor the outcome. I was lucky, uh, and, but I do think that because of my experience and my discussions over the years with people who have prostate cancer, that's the process anyone should engage. Look, this has been terrific. Um, and I, you know, I, I, I want to thank all of you guys for, for being, uh, for sharing your story uh, and, uh, and being so personal. Uh, but I'm afraid we've run out of time. As I said, one of my jobs here is to be the timekeeper. I'd like to thank you both for sharing your stories and thank all of you who have watched. Our goal is not just to raise problems, but to give you strategies to solve them. You can get a lot more information on prostate cancer on our website, aawellnessproject.com. That's aawellnessproject, all one word, .com. Dr. Lenore, any final thoughts? Well, you know, George, I wouldn't let this end smoothly without saying that remember, for those of you who are looking at our program, health is your biggest asset, so protect it. This program was sponsored by an educational grant from Merck Pharmaceuticals. If you enjoyed our show, please remember to hit the subscribe button so that new episodes are delivered directly to you every week, as well as rate us on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, listening to our show is as simple as telling your Alexa, Siri, or Google to play the Black Doctor Speak podcast. Take care, everyone.